welcome back to episode six of oh, wow. the darf show in six months it feels like <laughs> yeah yeah about one a month we got our resident dumbass race fans here with us taking the title back that's right we're proud, proud of it we're proud known it man um it, I, I do have to say that after last week's episode i have heard that there have been some uh protests about balloons um and what yeah. a balloon's done to us yeah that's uh balloon yeah. violence is on the uprise yeah. up here <laughs> balloon lives matter <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah after uh, nathan just couldn't understand what what those balloons had done mm. to us but we're happy to tell you we have shared that story with everyone we've talked to that's okay <laughs> you that's have okay. to right i would have done the same thing <laughs> All right, so I'm going to throw it to you guys. Big race at Bristol last or yesterday afternoon, um, and uh, you guys said you got a lot to talk about. It's old Bristol. Yeah. I mean, two lanes, they could run anywhere. How many times were they yelling three wide, you mm-hmm. know? And last several years at Bristol, it never happened. You know, they no. was barely – you know, it's pretty much ran around like a train, and, you yep. know, passing was slim. and but uh, it reminded me of old bristol kind of the old days i was very pleased with that i really think the new short track package that they have this year the the higher uh horsepower low downforce yeah. you know that definitely made the difference in that race that you, little bitty spoiler yeah. and i agree i mean yeah. it was it was absolutely you said it before we went on there race of the year and yeah. so far i i am full agreement with you yeah. that was a, a great race to sit and watch it was you know like i was saying 400 laps went by it seemed like in no time yeah you know i was pretty much on the edge of my seat trying to get this sunburn taken care of <laughs> oh but uh no it was definitely race of the year in my opinion who was you who do you think was going to have it there at the beginning of the race um uh, i kind of was thinking matty d as oh, really? my you know just based off what he done last year but i know it's a different team but he was kind of a letdown uh, well i, I he had broken tie rod is what yeah. put him down so many laps yeah. so, i mean that's really out of his control so he had a little different pit strategy with mm-hmm. the competition cautions got up around fifth or so well he led yeah on that one caution there yeah. he was he led five laps and uh, then he got screwed up again and never really could get back up there but you know things like that's gonna happen but you know overall very very good race i was uh and you, you guys know how i feel about him impressed with jimmy johnson mm-hmm. he ran up near the front almost the entire day you know and started in the back you know he didn't get to do the draw because of, of where he sat in the points yeah. and stuff and i mean he raced very well and he was old jimmy he looked yeah. like old jimmy there i think if that race would have went all the way without a caution you know he had a really good long run car yes but those cautions at the end that just killed him i think who was you disappointed in you already said Matty D disappointed you. Who I, who else I was disappointed in? Kind of Alex Bowman in a way. Yeah, but he was involved in the accident. Yeah. But yeah. he was back in the pack quite a ways. But I, I agree with you. I yeah. thought he, Alex would have been more of a front yeah, runner. I, I don't think he had a winning car, but I, I was think, thinking definitely a top 10 car. Kurt Busch was my big disappointment. Yeah, you know, He was up near the front at the beginning and then – he it got seemed like caught they, up. They tuned the wrong yeah. direction. Yeah, he got caught up yeah, in that accident. Yeah, he was in, in a little melee, but... I thought he'd be closer to the front yeah. than that. What stands out? Just the old Bristol style. You know, that was like a race you saw back years ago. Yeah. You know, 
multiple lanes down on the bottom, up on top. I I loved it. You also know I'm not a fan of the PJ1, but this that little I mean, it was only good enough for, you know, the left side tires. Mm-hmm. You can't get the whole car down yeah. on it. But I have to say that was just enough to hold that bottom yep. line where they could race on it until they developed that top line. If so. it would have been a whole car width wide, I don't think they would have ran up top as much as what they did. I agree. You know, keep it where you could run your left sides, like you say. Yeah. And, you know, you it still kind of makes you a little squirrely, I guess, yeah. but they could still run down there. But, uh, I mean, I was I, – I mean, I – like you said front to back it was impressive mm-hmm. you know it was you know it was old bristol where uh you know the front runners were using the lap cars as picks yeah. because they could drive in them on the high side then go low and then didn't you know, know where they was going you know they're they're going to yeah. try to stay high or they're going to go low and you know try to negotiate but you can scrub that. the guy on your back bumper off by yeah. using, you know and it that was it was old bristol yeah you know it uh it's bristol baby that's right you made <laughs> me excited to go back you <laughs> yeah. know that was uh yeah. That's why I thought, man, are we going to race Wednesday night yeah. at, at Bristol again? Because I, I would have been loving that. So now the fall race at Bristol, the night race, that's in the playoffs this year. Yes. So just think of how action-packed that's going to yeah. be. Yeah, I agree. Looking ahead, <clears throat> probably before we do the next DARF episode, we're going to see two races. Uh, we're going to see Sunday at Atlanta and then turn around on Wednesday at Martinsville. So yes. what's, what's the preview looking ahead? Who's the favorites? What are we thinking? I think, in my opinion, at Atlanta, I would probably have to go with Kevin Harvick. That's what I was going to say because he's been in the top ten. Yeah, what every every race so far this yeah, year, it he's was been in the top ten. Last year or the year before last, he was running down mm-hmm. on the low line. Nobody else could run like that, yeah. and you know he was freaking gone. He'd drive but, on the paint. He'd actually put his tires on that yeah. paint line on the bottom, and yeah, I that's who I was going to pick also. Uh, Martinsville. Hmm. <laughs> I'd have to go with Rowdy. Wow. Man, I'd I'd about got to put my money on Chase Elliott. That's an interesting two picks right there. What if it came down to them, you know, with a few laps to go? How would that turn out? (laughs) Then I would take whoever's in third. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) You're talking about Sonny. Clint Boyer was handed a Christmas gift. Yes. Yeah. Yeah you know he come from nowhere to second yeah he couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat and then he came up and heck he had a few more laps he had fresher tires yeah. too yeah he would have been the winner yeah and then i believe after that do we get back on more of a normal schedule yeah. like i yeah. kind of started yes. looking and i believe after the sunday and the wednesday then we're kind of back on track as of now but who knows yeah that's i think that's tentative to change yeah because after after Martinsville, I believe Homestead, Homestead, and then Texas maybe could be, and then Talladega, yeah, and then you're up into hopefully the there's a double the header double header at Pocono. Pocono, but that was scheduled from the start. That yeah. was a plan from yeah. the beginning, a Saturday and a Sunday. Yeah. Let's see here, uh, Atlanta, Martinsville on Wednesday, then uh, Homestead talladega the 21st then you do you've got that 27th 28th that back-to-back uh pocono races and then you're to the brickyard hopefully july 5th the brickyard um and i love now with even though i i understand the brickyards moved a lot but with putting the brickyard on fourth of july weekend 
you go right after that to Kentucky. So yeah. for race for NASCAR fans in this area, yeah. that's a that's a pretty great week right that's there. That's a double header. Yeah. You know, yeah. the fifth and the eleventh. Two weekends in a row within an hour and a half driving distance, you know, from right here, basically. So and then you're looking at New Hampshire, Michigan, Watkins Glen, Dover, Daytona. So then you are right back on um the the natural schedule. Hmm. As natural as possible. Yeah. Which who knows? Like we were saying, who knows how it's going to look here in another few weeks. I actually thought there'd be some fans at Bristol since Tennessee Mm -hmm. has kind of went back to normal. I thought but maybe that's just NASCAR's decided we're just not going to do it. Mm -hmm. But I thought Bristol was going to be the test because, I mean, Gatlinburg's packed. You know, every picture I've seen of Gatlinburg, it looks like Gatlinburg of 2019. Well, and I, I mean, like I've said last week, I mean, I was in Tennessee the weekend before um down there for dirt stuff and i mean fans were shoulder to shoulder i yeah. mean every track was yeah. was packed uh that we raced at i i really expected that but you know bristol sits right there on the state line of virginia mm-hmm. and maybe they held off because of that yeah. you know you can throw a rock from the racetrack and hit virginia yeah. so so looking ahead still what are some of those you know like i said with the the schedule kind of coming back to where it is What's some of the tracks that you think stand out that may play a bigger part maybe in this year's championship or what exactly happens going forward? Well, like Nathan already said, Bristol being in the playoffs, that's going to be a wild card. I think you're going to get somebody that's going to be a playoff upsetter that isn't even mm-hmm. in the playoffs that could win that race mm-hmm. just because of the way Bristol is. And that could knock a, you know, a uh, contender out yeah. with that right there what tracks are in the playoffs though? well that's what i was gonna say yeah the the new playoff format could wreak havoc on the playoffs yes um you start at darlington for the southern five oh, wow yeah um then you move on to richmond then bristol then vegas then talladega where you're waiting for anything that yeah. can happen yeah, that's another yeah the roval the roval yeah. is the next that, week who knows what could which happen we there. see how that goes yeah then kansas texas martinsville wow back at martinsville again and then phoenix for the actual championship so so martinsville will be the last race to get into the play or into the championship for wow if you can survive everything else wow i mean yeah with that that's the thing when you start looking down that list yes bristol anything can happen darlington anything can happen talladega talladega martinsville Martinsville. so about five of the ten races yeah are I guess the best way, yeah, I guess I would say it that way. Five of the ten are non-traditional racetracks. Yes, they're not something that you see. The and I, I'll give credit to NASCAR. I mean, I think that's what the playoffs needed yeah. more than anything. Well, it's it's act- less mile and a half and more diversity to to see what happens. It seems like you know the old format. It was all mile and a halfs or you know something equivalent. Mm-hmm. Now you got every type of track they race on in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and that's the way it ought to be. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you're you're going across the board on what you're doing. The only argument I would make that I would like to see, and and I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts. I love the Roval in there, but I would like one true road course in the playoffs as well. Oh yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, yeah. and really, I mean, you and know. I would replace one of those others. Um, I'd probably leave Richmond in. I would probably look at like maybe Las Vegas. Um, I would take one of the cookie cutter mile and a half out, and yeah. I know you're, you're cutting a fan, but one of the cookie cutters that has two dates take one of those i out. think i'd take vegas and put sonoma oh, because I, then you oh, get yeah. them out yeah. there to california yeah. to the west coast again i said we lost sonoma this year 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, you know, I know. That's, and I, I enjoy the road courses. I and I do too. That's why I, I I love what they've done. And I understand that NASCAR's argument would probably be, well, the Roval is your road course, but, but it's, it's not. It's not. It's yeah, totally man. different than yeah. what a true road course yeah. is. And and I and I'm always going to push for, you know, those weirder tracks because I'm not a mile and a half guy. Yeah. So I think if you could get that to sixty percent, you know, six out of those ten races, I think that's amazing mm-hmm. and. And and I would also challenge NASCAR. I, I wouldn't want to see a road course for it or um, even a super speedway, but maybe look at that championship weekend and let's get out of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I understand we just went there. We've been in Homestead, not knocking Phoenix, but let's go to a short track where we can get the four together. You know, like you guys are just talking yeah. old Bristol this weekend. Yeah. We're setting picks. We're moving. Think about the excitement of the championship four at Bristol, bumper to bumper, you know. I think the only thing holding that off is all of our great short tracks are a little more north. I don't and, disagree and, and with the fall that. weather. Yep. I think they're worried about yep. attendance yep. and weather conditions. Yep. I think that's the only reason because I think that's where we're in. Homestead. Miami and Phoenix. Yeah. Yes. I don't disagree. Which I, I'll would, tell you. Oh, sorry about that, no, Nathan. Go ahead. I would like to see him add in the grand prix track in indianapolis oh i i want them on that so bad so bad you know it's right there give indy two dates like we give charlotte one's on the the big track and the other is on the grand prix track or why not throw out the whole idea of what they're doing in pocono why not do a saturday sunday double header one on the and road run course. the road course oh, saturday yes. and run the brickyard yeah. sunday because that's just that's a wasted track now and it's two totally different cars yeah, yeah. so they can bring a road course car and their big track yeah. car I like I do like the the Pocono back to back idea. I think that's a cool thing, and I think it throws a challenge to these teams. And I will give NASCAR credit on that. You know, and I know we've talked on here a lot about where is NASCAR going, and and whether it's you know, is it better, is it worse? Where and people have their own opinions. I think NASCAR for about fifteen years there after Dale passed. I think they got – I think a lot of their focus was on safety, don't get me wrong, but I think they got to where they didn't want to make teams, owners, and drivers uncomfortable. Yeah. They wanted to – let's just make this as easy as cookie cutter. Let's just – let's keep them comfortable. And I think that's what really took something out of the sport. So yeah. now challenging them and saying, we're not going to give you the chance to ride around, adding in the stages, making them race the whole mm-hmm. race – you know the bonus points throwing these tracks at them there i back-to-back race days i gotta give nascar a lot of credit because i think they forced these teams to start making some moves you know adjusting trying to figure out how to race better um and i think we've seen that in some of the the penalties and 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 oh, yeah, uh, definitely the cheating but that's what made nascar great is mm-hmm. let's figure out a way to make it happen and so I got to give a lot of credit to NASCAR, and I know there's a lot of people that still think it's not, but you really need to look at what they're doing to improve the sport. Yeah, I mean, at least they're trying. You know, they could just be setting back and, you know, just... This worked for 100 years, we're going to keep doing it. Yeah, yeah, you know, people are griping and complaining, like he said, about changes and, you know, like these stages and stuff, but, man, you can't fault them. You can't fault the sanctioning body for wanting to try. No. And change is good a lot of times. Yeah. At least try it if it doesn't... We always know we can go back. Right. But you're never going to know until you try. Yep. You know, and that's I mean, there's, And, you know, he, Dustin brought up the cheating. NASCAR was built in the gray right. area, and we're finally being allowed to go back to that yep. gray area. You yep. know, that's – they're almost, you know, 
here's the rule and here's the out of bounds, but you have this little bit, bit little in here tolerance, yep. that you can play in. Yep. And it bothers me, I think, with people from other major sports that act like those sports don't change. Um, you know, because yeah. you know, you look at basketball. You know, when I was going back and watching the Michael Jordan documentaries, you go watch him in North Carolina. No three point line. Yeah. yeah, like today, you can't like people can't even um, think about or imagine the idea of basketball without the three point line. That's how the whole game is built around today in yeah. college and the NBA. You go to the NFL. We just started a couple years ago kicking 35-yard extra points. Yes. I mean, the game, and we won't even get into the they debate. They put their goalposts to the back. Yes, yeah. and we won't even yeah. get into the debate on how we treat receivers and penalties oh, and yeah. how that yeah. part of the game has changed. And quarterbacks wear the red jersey during the game now. <laughs> no matter what their team color yeah. is. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so sports evolve and sports change and – do do I think everything that NASCAR has done is a home run? No, mm-hmm. um, you know. But I'll be honest, what they're doing right now, I think is. I will give them credit for trying, mm-hmm. and li- I think they're listening to people because, it, you know, this is the most seems like a fan's idea that they've had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Like they've heard some fans comment, and they're like, well, "Let's try that." You know, the best thing they done was get Brian France out of NASCAR. Amen. The, the guy they got over it now, Steve Phelps and Steve O'Donnell, you know, they're on Twitter after the races every single yeah. week. You know, they'll reply to people, you know, that's good to see. Well, France wasn't coherent by the end of the race. Right. Yeah. He didn't know whether he was, well, never mind. But anyway, <laughs> he didn't know if he was at a racetrack or blowing up balloons. Uh, well, <laughs> I think him and Jim Irsay sit together a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I got to say, you know, the the whole idea of some of the changes they're making, you know, goes back to what I've heard you say on this show several times, Matt. We had to get out of the win on Sunday, sell on Monday mentality. You don't do that anymore. No. That's not how it works. You have to. And it's something I know we've talked in some of our other projects on Dirt Track. You have to start connecting people to stories. Yes. That's what people are looking for. It's not I buy Tide because the Tide's on that car. I connect to the story, and then I start shopping for yes. those products. And it yeah. is a lot of how are we connecting to, to fans on social media? How are we interacting? You know, I loved, you know, I posted it today that um, on Twitter uh, from the Thirsty Goat account, um, they had the picture of Elliot and um, Logano. Logano discussing the situation, said somebody captioned this. And I said, well, this is two guys discussing who should go first in the McDonald's double drive-thru, obviously. <laughs> um, That's so so I, I love that they're starting to do some of those things and connecting with that younger generation because I think they have a great opportunity. And honestly, I think, and you guys tell me your thoughts, I think COVID maybe helped NASCAR, and this is the reason why, A, they're the only thing going right now. But also, a lot of interest got brought into the whole iRacing thing mm-hmm. and what's going on. And kids are now playing iRacing, which oh, is yeah. connecting them to NASCAR. And, you know, and all that's positive. Mm-hmm. I agree with everything you said. But I was going to say, I guess I'm a little weird because I still go buy things that I see on the racetrack. But I don't know if I was right. You know, my grandparents' household was a NASCAR household. You know, my grandpa smoked Winston cigarettes. My grandma used Tide laundry soap. You know, I drink Bush beer. You know, but uh, <laughs> grandpa used Goody's headache powder because you know that was great big back in NASCAR in the day. Mm-hmm. That we we had to have that. You know, mm-hmm. so I was raised if we seen it on the racetrack, 
that was the products we bought and yeah. i still kind of fall that way and i do too and I, i'm not i'm not saying that I, I don't think that's weird um i just don't think it's how the younger generation right. that we're going to bring in does it because you know i've i've said on here before um if if i had the option between lowe's and home depot when stewart was driving for home depot I drove to Home Depot right. because that was mm-hmm. that was Stewart and Lowe's was Johnson. Yeah. I sure as hell wasn't going in Lowe's to buy something. I'd still drive to Home Depot over Lowe's, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Home Depot's my my choice. So, but but that was part of it, you know that yeah. that idea that you know they sponsored Stewart and um and then he got to Office Depot and I I don't even know where an Office Depot still mm, opens. So. Yeah, yeah. But um, I used Old Spice when Tony was sponsored by. Uh, well, I still do, but yeah <laughs> so if, if tony was sponsored by secret would you have used it strong enough for a man but built for a woman <laughs> no i wouldn't have used it uh, hey i'm mad enough to say whenever i run out that's you, what my wife uses and that's say, what i, I, I end up have, with i have uh, they swiped, say that i have swiped my pits more than once with it myself <laughs> And I sometimes think it's stronger than our deodorant. I do That's too. That's what I was going to say. Because I think it lasts longer into the into the the day. I mean, I yeah. really do. I, yeah, I, I might have to look into that. I, <laughs> the only thing is now the wife has like a spare stick. That's for me. It's like when it's the emergency stick because I don't think she wants my arm hair stuck That's to what the top. Saying, when she looks at the top of it and there's arm hair across it, it's. Uh, <laughs> All right, yeah. So uh, basically, NASCAR secret deodorant. There's a big opportunity yeah, for some sponsorship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also think, you know, I think the uh, the social media thing too is interesting because I think it, it. You guys correct me, but I think NASCAR is also doing a better job of drawing women in as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they tried to make this huge women push. Obviously, when Danica was running and all that. But I don't think that mattered to women. Again, yeah. I think they wanted stories. They wanted the idea of the drama. They wanted to know about these drivers and their home lives and, and their families and things like that. And I think that's what's helping draw yeah. a lot of these mm-hmm. women back in. I agree. I agree. And they're, they are working more on the backstory. You know, little things where, you know, Denny Hamlin went back to his hometown and he went to his dad's trailer shop. And, you know, that's one. I love watching that stuff because yeah. you kind of get a feel for the guy. Yeah. But I think that opens up for women too. They realize he's just not some race car driver. They yeah. realize where he comes from, what he did, and well, and I think you know, I think the cool thing is even in um, NASCAR when you're talking about it, you know, it, all forms of racing, most of these guys come from a very normal life outside of the Chase Elliotts, and I'm not putting them down by saying this. Dale Earnhardt Juniors, and I believe their dads raised them the right way, but they. That's a different life than yeah. what mm-hmm. they than knew what, what they were going to do. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's a different you have life. That last than, name, you're going to race. But you know, it's different than like LeBron James at 13. Everybody knew was the next thing. He was catered to and a king. Chase Briscoe breaks Jeff Gordon's record at 13 in a 410 sprint car. The next day, he wasn't on the cover of Sports Illustrated right. and mm-hmm. ESPN, and everybody talking about him he's still a normal guy and yeah. i think in racing you get that more than any other sport they stay grounded um and, and normal mm-hmm. and i think that's where those backstories are huge and they stay close to their fans still yeah i mean you know as a NAS- at a nascar race you can't get as close to them as you could you know at a dirt race mm-hmm. but they're still accessible yeah you know 
especially like the fan zone down at Daytona where you you can't go into the garage, but you've got a window right there. Yeah, and hand your and stuff, hand your stuff or, over. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, right there in know, their work area. NASCAR planned that to put mm-hmm. the fans closer, and, mm-hmm. and that was a great step yes. there. Totally agree. All right, are we ready? Uh, let me see if I can get this thing to come up here and load. But are we ready here to um, to move in to the next segment here of the show? Sure. Are we ready to take a look? Let me let me jump here. Hopefully. Okay, let's see here. Let's go to this. And let's push it. Oh, wrong one. Oh, we can do it. Well, let's just, yeah, let's jump into it here. But let, let hold on. We're going to go in here to a little bit of hot takes from these gentlemen. Uh, we got some fun stuff tonight. Uh, so let's see here. But we're going to start off here, and it's going to lead into... My rant isn't much. I've changed my rant while we've been talking, because so I come up with a new one. Okay. Well, we're going to jump into yeah. this first. Uh, so my first hot take, and we've, we've kind of danced around the topic earlier, but the idea of Joey Elliott and uh, <laughs> Joey Elliott. Wow. Hey, he's um, the lead singer of Def Leppard. Uh, he's also our former quarterback at Evansville Harrison, who played at Purdue and then went on to the Canadian Football League. So shout out Joey Elliott, now a uh, pro player scout for the Indianapolis Colts. So oh, yeah. Joey Elliott. Uh, but anyway, not a race car driver, not who we're talking about. Chase Elliott versus Joey Logano. That's what happens when the two of them crash a wall to become Joey Elliott. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, So you guys, again, kind of danced around the idea there, but... But let's talk here. Was that not the same exact move by Chase Elliott that Kyle Busch pulled that that caused the wreck, or am I totally wrong? Chase was a little further up on it on Logano than Bush was, and it was later in the race. But outside of that, yeah, same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where's all the outcry at? You know that for uh, him wrecking Logano. Well, I think with with that one. Not too many people really, really like Kyle Busch. Right. Chase Elliott Chase Elliott right now is the golden child. Yeah. Then it depends go, on who you are. <laughs> then you go to situation B, not a whole lot of people are Joey Logano fans. Yeah. yeah. And Chase Elliott's still the yeah. golden boy. So, yeah. you know, you had the villain doing the bad thing in the first one and the yeah. villain getting the bad thing in the second yeah. one. So, you know, it's... But I loved it. I mean, I... Oh, I did too. <laughs> Brad Keselowski and Clint Boyer thought it was the greatest thing yeah. ever. And here's... I'm I'm finally glad that a Penske team member got something good out of a Joey Logano incident on the Mm -hmm. racetrack Mm -hmm. because Joey Logano was the world's worst at dumping his teammates. I mean, yep. And I don't I can't believe Roger Penske, being the businessman he is, ain't come forward and said, "Leave my other cars alone." I can't figure out that whole relationship, and and I listened to the whole dale uh junior download with penske on there and i have a lot of respect for roger penske but i cannot those two don't mesh for in my no, mind personality no. wise i i don't logano's a whiner logano doesn't seem like a competitor to me he doesn't seem like a fighter uh um, he's a kid that's been handed everything since nope. he's been and, about five and, and i never had to work a day in his life yeah. and that's not penske and that's yeah. i struggle so much with that because that's not what i think of when i think of Roger Penske and Penske, you know, motorsports. I noticed earlier in the the race, Logano was all over the back of Blaney. Yeah. And I thought, here we go again. He's going to take his teammate out. Yeah, I don't know if he's thinking if he does that, he's the best Penske car, you know, but Mm -hmm. 
and he doesn't rough up. It, maybe he thinks that they're not going to scold him like the other drivers yeah. will. But I, but I, good for Keselowski. Yeah, he's a, like you was saying. He's a guy that would be a good driver with you know they mesh well with Penske. You know he worked his way up. Oh yeah. And you know he finally got his big break, and then Penske took notice and took him, and you know won a championship and all kinds of races with him. So, yeah, I just it, I don't know. It, it just blows my mind when I and like I said, I listened to that whole thing, and and I read tons of articles about Roger, and I got so much respect for him, and I just I that relationship more than any, I can't understand how it came to be. You know, I just I can't figure that one out, and I. I'll let Nathan bring it up since he brought it up before the show, but the conversation after the race, I mean, you hit that on the head there, so yep. I'll let you bring that up. Joey was saying that it was a childish move on Chase Elliott's part. How many times has Logano done that to somebody? Yeah. And More times than Chase Elliott has ever thought about doing it to somebody. Guarantee it's, it's it. never his fault when he does yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was literally laughing when yeah. he said that. I was like, are you that stupid? You know, the boy's aggressive. He's a good race car driver, but own up to your mistakes. That That is, I'm going to give props to Kyle Busch, is he's aggressive like Logano. Yeah. But if he junks you, yeah, I junked you. Yeah, he'll own up to it. Yeah, I did it. You're right. Yeah. yeah, he whines about what happens to him, and I will agree with that. And I don't think he does get enough credit for that. He whines about what happens to him, and sometimes I think he lives an alternate reality of yes. how mm-hmm. people drive him, and I'll, I'll admit that as mm-hmm. a fan. But when he junks you, he does it. I mean, he doesn't. Yep. Again, well, his 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 talk after when he wrecked Elliot, I did it. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Hate it for him. I'm yeah. moving on. Yeah. I can't go back and fix it. I did it. And yeah. mm-hmm. Logano, there's never been a wreck that was ever Logano's fault since he sat down in a race car seat. Yeah. But, you know, that is – I don't agree with everything with Kyle Busch, but he does own, you know, when he wrecks somebody. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we move on to our next two hot takes, it is time um, for, uh, you know, the one of the one of the best parts of this show, um, which is new now um, to us, but it is Matt's rant. So Matt. We've asked, you, we've asked you every week to come in here with a rant. We're going to put it right here on you. <laughs> Matt's rant. I've ranted on this before, but uh, Bristol went back to old Bristol, and I started ranting about halfway through the race when I started hearing Jeff Gordon say they're jumping the cushion because I looked and I could not find a cushion. at a. I mean, Bristol was great, but I didn't see a cushion. You know, I and then, you know, they have wore out the term slide job mm-hmm. there is never a slide job in nascar but you know why are we taking dirt track terms for asphalt racing there's not a cushion out on the racetrack and you know at one time i heard jeff say well they jumped a cushion so to speak well then don't say that yep. you know they slid up out of the groove let's go back to asphalt terms i think those are two terms that are amazing that they have just almost wore out where no one else wants to hear them anymore yeah. so it's a short rant but that's my rant but there used to be dirt at Bristol that one time when they had a dirt race, and I think they cleaned all that stuff up, so there's not yeah. enough dirt on the track for I was there anymore. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. But, yeah, that aggravates me, too. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't disagree at all, and I'm not going to argue with that point. But you did make me think with that, going back to the things that I gave kudos to NASCAR for and everything I think they're doing well – 
that's one where I think they're failing. Mm-hmm. Because I think that I think they're doing a great job with their product. I think they're doing a great job with social media. But in trying to connect to grassroots dirt racing, you know, they did the NASCAR grassroots tracks yeah. deal last year. They're trying to throw in all these dirt terms. That's not drawing dirt track fans in. No, because, I mean, you get the average, not even average NASCAR fan. You get the guy that watches two times out of a month, maybe. He's going to think that sounds pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But those of us that live at the dirt track and just watch and watch NASCAR, we don't, I, at least me, I don't like the segregation or the mixing of the two, yeah. you know, things there. You know, cushions are on dirt yeah. tracks. Slide jobs are, they've been there for years. They're not at these these asphalt and concrete racetracks. People like to they like to compare, you know, NASCAR and dirt racing, but you can't. It's two different yes. two different forms of racing. I mean, it's the yeah. same objective. Now, when but the trucks go to Eldora, let's talk about cushion. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about slide jobs. But until then, let's teach what it truly yes. is. Yes. I yes. agree, hundred yes. percent. I I have no problem with them trying to educate NASCAR fans on dirt um you know to to be excited about that but let's not let's not use them interchangeably and i almost wish they would have a a pre-race i I don't lesson like when the truck's there you know let their commentators go out there you know and show the the cushion you know this Mm -hmm. is this is what we're referencing here get james essex up there yeah yeah you know know. because (laughs) we've all seen pictures at 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 sprint car you know i think sprint car races have the biggest cushions in the world Mm -hmm. they make a cushion bigger than anybody Mm -hmm. does I mean, where you can see little kids sit down, it looks like they're sitting on a chair. Yeah. That's a cushion, you know, and discuss about it getting pushed up. But this, you got the marbles off the tires up, and they're calling that a cushion. Yeah. I, we're giving that an injustice. Don't disagree at all. So that is Matt's rant of the week. <laughs> so my second one here That's for good. you on hot takes <laughs> is looking at the playoff picture. All right, so right now, um, locked in the playoffs, you have uh, Joey Logano, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski, Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, Alex Bowman, Martin Truex Jr., Blaney, Kyle Busch, Boyer, Kurt Busch, Matt, D.B. Burrito, Jimmy Johnson, and Austin Dillon, Eric Jones, Eric Almirola. That is your that is your top sixteen right now, headed into the playoffs. And I have to be honest, um, I'm going to throw these couple guys out. Alex Bowman being currently sitting in sixth uh, shocked me in the playoff points. That high shocked me. I expected him in there. I, th- I think if you go back and look at our list, I might have had him in there. The sixteen. Austin Dillon being fourteenth yes, and actually me. in shocked me. Yes. Um, and being ahead of Eric Almarola mm-hmm. shocked me. Um, so Eric Jones being in there, period, is a shocker I to me. Don't disagree there either. So I'm also going to give you those first five that are out and see at this point right now, we talked about the schedule earlier, what's coming up. Who do you think can break in and who do you think falls out there? So 17th is William Byron, um, 18th is Tyler Reddick, 19th is Chris Busher. Um, and 20th is John Hunter Nemechek, and 21st is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And I got to be honest with you, too, and I know Ricky Stenhouse has not had a great run, 
he is much farther back than I expected him to be. I figured he was right on that cusp of 15, 16, 17th. And I get you can say, well, he's only down to 21st, but... I don't think he's in the equipment that he is used to being in. I, right? I don't disagree with that either. And I think he's having a, a, a learning curve with that, of how to race what he's in now. I mean, it's not junk equipment, but it. I think the 17 car was just a little bit, bit of a better car mm-hmm. than that 47 car. I mean, he has ran well. He ran well at the Charlotte race during the week last week. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he was running decent. Uh yesterday but i think he got caught up in a wreck or something yeah. but chris hmm. busher i am surprised is not in the top 16 yeah but again i don't i don't know because he's in the 17 car i'm kind of surprised that william byron's in 17th he he just can't put a full race together no. if that boy could put a race together he he would have. I mean, I know we don't live in a woulda, coulda, shoulda world, but I actually think they moved him up too quick. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, he it, had such success in the trucks, and then suck, you know, such success in the Xfinity. There's like move up, move up, you yeah. know. And they need they wanted him up there. You know, Hendrick needed him in that 24 mm-hmm. car, but I think he should have spent another season in Xfinity, mm-hmm. and then maybe ran. You know, why can they run four or five races before they yeah. give up the rookie status? Yeah. Let him test it a few, and then then introduce yeah. him into it. Can we talk about that real quick, though? Because I know we, you know, as we started this show, we talked about this crop of rookies and just how, you know, maybe the most star-studded group of rookies we've seen. My rookie that I picked is doing very good. But you look at Tyler Reddick. That's mine. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, Cole Custer, Chris Bell, all on the outside – looking in at the playoffs and i think i mean i thought we correct me if i'm wrong but i think we all probably thought two would at least be in but it's still early you know and it's but how about john hunter nemechek you know i don't want to say that's an underfunded team but it is it well it is but it's not as bad as what some of them are but cole custer is the is the surprising i don't know how you let down i guess out of yeah. the rookie class but see i'd put christopher bell i think he'd be my biggest disappointment. that surprised me if you even saying that but you know with him being the sprint car background and, stuff. I, and i love him but to be in 25th i mean he's behind custer right now yeah. and again i think part of that is you know bell being in a toyota i i think toyota's got some i wouldn't hit yeah. the panic button i know we've used that term before mm-hmm. i wouldn't hit the panic button yet but damn, I'd have the cover taken off, and yeah. but I think there's another one moved up too quick. I don't disagree with that either. So, I don't know, but just John Hunter Nemechek's really surprised me as you know for the equipment that he's in. Mm-hmm. He was in the top ten yesterday, then he had a spark plug issue. Yeah, wire wire broke on him, and then came all the way back up and finished around tenth. Yeah, you know you you can't do that at Bristol in no, that, no. that kind of a, a car. The boys got talent. I agree. All right, let's uh, let's move on here to number three in our hot takes. We're going to talk a little bit about the number of wins in the NASCAR Cup Series, not across all, just in the Cup Series. And we all know that the king is the king at two hundred wins. Two hundred. Um, David but, Pearson. 
But looking uh, looking at active drivers, you've got Jimmy Johnson with 83, Kyle Busch with 56, and Harvick with 50. We're not even obviously talking about that 200 number. Is there an active driver right now that you think can hit the 100 mark? No. No. And I'm just going to say that crop of talent we just talked about, they're going to get their ducks in a row. And, uh, you know, it, they're really going to be – I think Jimmy Johnson is at his number. You guys know that. I, You know, I made the bet. I think that is going to be his final number. I think it's 84. Uh, um, I think he'll get one this season. But that's Kevin Harvick will get up about to Jimmy Johnson's number. Kevin, would, I think Kevin or Kyle would be the one to best do it, but I just don't think they See, can get to 100. I would take Kyle because I worry about the longevity of Harvick, and this is the reason why. Not, not in the sense that I don't think he wants to be competitive, but he looks I, – I look at him a lot in that Tony Stewart frame. I see him – I could see it becoming – you know, Stuart Haas, Harvick Racing. Right. I could see it, you know, something like that where he's in ownership, he's owning tracks, he is, you mm-hmm. know, doing things in that business mindset. Uh, just kind of looking at what him and, and his wife have done in the whole sport. I just, I don't know if he'll grind that long. Now, Kyle Bush, I think Bush is nutty enough. I see him being like a, like a Mark Martin, man. I think he's still trying to get it done when father time has said quit and he's still out there he would be my pick um i definitely see rowdy getting to that that 80 mark around there but you know i think it's tough for people to realize too you know you look at johnson 17 more wins is a long way oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and you know with the the king's 200 they were racing on dirt track in nascar back when he was winning his races and the petties were so far ahead of the game. And you talk about living in the gray area. Mm-hmm. The petties created the gray area. And they were racing, what, 50 or 60 times a year, yes. too. And yeah, yeah. The, the race season had more races in it, and Richard Petty was dominant. Yeah. You know, if he unloaded, he was probably going to be your winner. You didn't see 15 or 16 different winners each year back then, too. But I, would, I would imagine. But I'm also going to say, and I'm going to go back to the – retired drivers on this but dale earnhardt um pearson pretty much um daryl waltrip would not have had the numbers they had if tim richmond hadn't have died off early because mm-hmm. tim richmond was going to be a superstar i mean you guys know days of thunder was mm-hmm. modeled after tim richmond not jeff gordon like everyone thinks but uh, yeah richmond was going to be a superstar so and that's what we're getting ready to have now is another group of superstars coming up that I think are really going to start pounding on them veterans. Not this year, mm-hmm. but the next two or three years. They're coming for you there, Balloon Popper. <laughs> Uh-oh. Better look out. All right, so. <laughs> now he's hand-picking them. He ain't shuffling <laughs> and drawing one. We're hand-picking the cards now. Oh, yeah. Um, so, first of all, the first question I have which is a good one for you guys because it goes a little bit back to our, our food conversation. Oh, good. But these are called What the Heck. Uh, again, by Poddex. Uh, check out poddex.com. You know, sponsor here. Um, and it is, what is the best microwavable food? Leftovers. The best microwavable food. Pizza rolls. 
pizza rolls. I like them crusty in the oven. I'll have to disagree with you on that one. I mean, something quick, yeah. Leftovers. <laughs> so leftover even, pizza. I don't even no, microwave. Cold. I don't even microwave leftovers. I just uh, most eat of the time I don't cold. either. Yeah, pizza is definitely cold room temperature is the only way I eat that really. So I got to go with pizza rolls, but I prefer them in my air fryer. Oven. Pop popcorn. Popcorn. That's mm. a good call. Yeah. I'm I'm going the frozen burritos. Oh man, I forgot about those. I mean, if I'm really yeah. thinking about best microwavable food, it's hard to I'm find not talking a good about, frozen burrito though. I'm not talking about health. I'm not talking about what's that. I'm I, <laughs> I am right there at the frozen burrito. Uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna have to jump off my ship and onto yours then because I forgot about the burritos mm-hmm. there. Yep. All right. Now, would you rather? Would you rather take cold showers for the rest of your life, or never get more than four hours of sleep a night again? Cold showers the rest of my life. Mine be never more than four. Yeah. Like, I can't do a, a cold shower at all. It's got to be scalding hot. So, and I only get about four hours anyway. I think you do too. <laughs> yeah, so that's a normal for me. So <laughs> four four hours of sleep. Oh, I'm yeah, good. That's, that's great. I mean, I, you wake up and yeah, so give it that. That's. Because it doesn't both. say I can't nap, too. Right. I, mean, I can always take a nap, yeah. but four hours of sleep mm-hmm. a night, I, yeah. I got to have. Oh, man. Can you imagine waking up every day and you had to take a cold shower? I did for a while. I just <laughs> wouldn't. My shower I just was wouldn't. screwed up. I, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> because I, cold showers are miserable. I'd break mm-hmm. out the secret deodorant and roll with it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Years ago, I was at Eldora one time, and there was a line at the mobile shower showers i mean it was going to be like two hours before i could get in the shower and i thought man i got water in my tank in the camper but i did my hot water heater wasn't working so i decided i was going to try to take a cold shower uh-huh. never again yeah i mean it took my breath trying to do oh that. yeah it'll so i was like i'm done you know it was i went back and got in the line and stood make you draw up oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in more ways than yeah. we- <laughs> sound like a balloon popping <laughs> We always find the best way to finish these. <laughs> so with that, guys, we're going to draw Look up. like a turkey baster popping up. <laughs> we're going to draw up the rest of this episode here, like jumping in a cold shower. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, looking at the results there at Atlanta. Um, and uh, Nathan is off the boards here. Martinsville. <laughs> Um, and to kind of go along with this conversation, don't forget about those great Martinsville hot dogs, those little little hot red dog sandwiches and little yeah. red hots. <laughs> hot dog sandwiches. Um, hey, is an Oreo a sandwich? I ain't getting involved in this. You guys go ahead. I would say, I mean, yeah, that's a cookie sandwich. Yeah, cookie sandwich. Yeah, you guys go. Well, it's ahead. an ice cream sandwich, I- just like an Oreo, isn't it? You guys hash this out. I ain't getting into it again. <laughs> I had two Italian sausage sandwiches today. I do love a good sandwich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, actually, I did too because I had a chili cheese uh, hot dog sandwich <laughs> from Freddy's, and it is actually on uh, Texas toast. It's, is it really? Yeah, it's not actually a bun. It's like so they split the hot dog then. Well, no, it's like a. I mean, it's like a Texas toast bun. It's special made for Freddy's, but it is like this big, thick piece of Texas toast. Oh, it's good. I'm gonna give a shout out to the Greshams had their stand set up in North Vernon today and went and got me two uh, 
Two Italian sausage sandwiches there, and spectacular. Good job. So I had a bologna salad sandwich when I got home, which some people make it with ham, but we make it with bologna. That's called sandwich spread, I believe. Well, when you bo- put the bologna in it. Yeah. When you got home, I thought you went to. I did. King Giro's. Well, I, I had to have a little snack when I got home from work. I was hungry. I hadn't ate all day. I'm going to blow up and wither away. Or blow up. Wither away and blow away. <laughs> What'd you say there, Balloon? <laughs> but hey, I did go up there and got me like $15 worth of stuff. That was a lot of food for $15. Oh, that place is awesome. I like that place too. Oh my gosh. Very, very good. Yes. Yeah. Very good. All right, we'll be back next week with Takes on Atlanta and uh, Martinsville. So don't forget, join us with the DARF Show every week following NASCAR.